This is a conspiracy. That's what this is. One big damn conspiracy! And everyone's in on it! I know what's going on. Did IQs just drop sharply while I was away? person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Did you see the memo about this? Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. Don't you see what this means? Welcome to episode 17 of your Missing the Point podcast, where we discuss the weird, the wonderful, and the downright bizarre aspects of life, as we have conversations with people from all over the world. Today, I'm joined by a renowned podcaster, host of the Macroaggressions podcast, founding member of Union of Unwanted, and Day Zero, author of The Octopus of Global Control, and co-author of the highly popular Controlled Demolition of an American Empire, a man who single-handedly has taken the fight to the psychopaths that are running our world. Ladies and gentlemen, let us welcome the one and only Charlie Robinson. Wow, that's a great intro. I don't know if I can even live up to that one. The one and only. Jeez. I appreciate it. But I'll tell you, we are in a very, very strange time where insanity is being normalized. And if you point this out, they will call you crazy. It's just a weird time to be paying attention. Yes, it's the uh, the inversion of their pointing and saying things about you, which they clearly are themselves. It's like the uh, yeah. inmates are running the asylum at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, and and not just where you are in Australia, but also where I am. We we've got everything is backwards and upside down. And if you if you point it out, if you, you know if you don't agree with it, you're a bigot. If you if you do agree with the mental illness that's being normalized. They call you stunning and brave, and uh, it, it and and it's just been it's just a crazy time. That um, I mean, as a writer, I I got to admit it. It it's it's great content. You've got you all know, the source like, material you'll ever need. <laughs> you don't even I'll have never, to write it as science fiction. It's actually happening. Right. Well, that's the thing. My my third book, my last book, I I I, I was right. I realized I was writing about some crazy true events but i was very diligent about footnoting everything and the reason was because there were parts of the book that were just hilarious talking about stories but the stories were true and i wanted to make sure everybody knew that i wasn't just goofing or i wasn't just making this stuff up but it was it was real so the the book is 400 pages and there's like 450 footnotes in it you know because i had to just document everything because i if if i didn't i thought that people would think oh you're just you know you're just being silly and having some fun and everything well i was having fun for sure but the things that i was writing about were were real stories like as an example you could get you get arrested for collecting water in your own property in Oregon, in, in the state of Oregon, you could just, the police could just come and take you away. And you're like, Are, that's not true, right? That that can't be true. You know, that's the place that rains all the time. I and mean, clearly there's, there's no way. Oh no, here, here's the article. 
Here's the link to the article where the guy gets taken to jail for it. It's madness out here. Common sense has completely flown out the window. Um, today I got you on for one major reason. Out of all the podcasters and all the people out there putting their voice out into the world, you're one of the very few people at the moment within our community that has real compassion for what's happened for people over the last three years where you can see what's happened to the people that I now call the coerced, which I am one of those people. Just keeping my job and keep my family um, and a house and everything going, I was coerced into getting the vaccine jab, something I regret every day. But you're one of the very few people who puts the voice out there that we're also victims of this as well as the people who were fired and kicked out of their jobs and everything as well. And you said something in a Day Zero episode that's always resonated with me is that the pure bloods can't do it alone, that we're your allies in this. Oh, yeah. We need to really wake up the the silent majority of the coerced because the majority of people I talk to who had to get it for their job, they'll tell you, I never wanted the bloody thing. I really hated it. My civil liberties were stepped all over, but I felt like there was nothing I could do. And right now we're in the point of the post-pandemic where things are starting to go back to normal and people can become really apathetic about what's happened and just move on, where I think we really need to make a, a bit of a call out to the coerced and really get them to remember what they did to you over the past three years how they pushed your moral compass, made you do things you didn't want to do. And we need to really dig our heels in now that the evidence coming out, no matter how shocking and terrifying it is. Yeah. And I, and I have a ton of empathy for the people that were coerced into it. And had it been 10 years earlier, I might've as well. You know, I mean, I, 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 to, to keep my job and keep my house and do all these things and had it, had the situations been a little bit different, I would have been in the same boat. And so I, I don't, there, there, there are different levels of this. Of course, there are some that were enthusiastic about it. Oh, yes, yeah. I want it, and um, because I believe in in the medicine and I believe in all this stuff, and I want to get fine, whatever. Then there was another group that was like, "I'm getting it, and you better get it, or you're going to kill grandma." And blah blah blah. And they wanted to lecture and and sort of just take the think that they're on the moral high ground to tell everybody that um, that they're horrible if they don't do it. Those people can go to hell as far as I'm concerned. Those people can go to hell. The first group, the ones that just sort of like, I've always taken these. Um, They didn't know any better. They still haven't looked into it. For those people, it's like ignorance is bliss. Then there's this group that was like, I don't want to take it. I don't want to take it. And normally I wouldn't take it. And if it was optional, I certainly wouldn't take it. But they're starting to box me in in a way. And I was getting emails from people going, they're start my job is starting to like make it very difficult for me. You know, I've kind of like stalled as long as I can. And now it's getting to the point where it's like, make this decision or get out, you know? And and that's a tough one. That's a really tough one for a lot of people. And a lot of people have gone through and and gone ahead and done it because they had to for for whatever the reasoning was. And I, I don't have any sort of animosity or anything towards that, towards that group, your, your group. I, I, I have nothing but empathy actually, but, and I don't want anyone to get hurt and I don't want anybody to be sick. I take solace in knowing that they couldn't have made them all hot batches. You know what I mean? Like that would be too obvious, right? So you, you got to like think that maybe they just said, well, let's just spike 30% of them and make them really dangerous. The others will be whatever. 
So I'm hoping that we can kind of play the percentages and get in between, you know, get people to sort of get lucky. And, and, and also they, they botched a lot of it, the rollout. I remember when they first started, they said it has to be kept at like a hundred and 70 degrees below, you know, in this container and everything. And then it was like, ah, oh, yeah, you can go get it at the gas station. They'll give it to you. And you're like, what? <laughs> you know, like, so I don't know if the, I don't know what happened in, in that between that first rollout where it was like, oh, it's like, you know, packed in dry ice and they pull it out of this thing and then they inject you real quick. You know, it went from that to like, you could just get it in a parking lot. So <laughs> I don't, really know what happened and i'm hoping that 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 made a, a percentage of them you know contaminated and and, and ineffective in, in whatever they do you know so i'm i'm hoping for all those things and and look i've got friends family that that are in that boat too some of them voluntarily some of them uh felt trapped and coerced so I, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not giving anyone in, in those groups a hard time about it, but I, I, I do, I still feel that it, when this whole thing, you know, the, the, the governments love to do this. They love to, you know, they make a catastrophic mistake. And then when it becomes obvious that they were involved in this, they do what I call the Donald Rumsfeld, which is they stand in front of the microphone and they say, mistakes were made, mistakes were made, but we're charting a course forward. There's no sense living in the past. We're going to chart this course forward. And you go, no, 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 no. We've got all day to live in the past. I got plenty of time to live in the past. Let's it's, talk about the past. Let's talk about what you guys did. Let's talk about how you weaponized this and tried to threaten jobs and said people couldn't get on their airplanes and said they were going to kill grandma and wouldn't let them go to schools and made them stand on a dot and made them walk up one way down an, uh, a grocery store aisle. Let's talk about all the things that you guys did. Have a fair trial. And when found guilty, we do what we did after Nuremberg, which is they take you out the side door of the courtyard, line you up against the wall and shoot you. Which is what happened. And in, and I would like to remind people, it happened to the media as well. The collaborators in World War II that were involved in that. So, look, I, I, we're not going to get there. I know that. We're just in our society now. There's no appetite for that. But I would like to see people held accountable. I would like to see Pfizer and Moderna sued oblivion and put out of business i would like to see the heads of this the c-level executives and all those organizations do prison time for the rest of their their natural life never to be let out of prison uh i want payback i want accountability yeah i want my there's a lot of people that are yeah man i mean listen they, they they took it from us they lied they che- they cheated they changed the science they changed the definitions they used psychological warfare against the population they the media was involved in this i i'll never forgive these people i will never forgive them i will never forget them i will never forget who who was who was rude and disrespectful and you know and look i i had conversations with my friends in advance of this stuff coming out in advance of the shots and i said you know, I don't want to bum you guys out and I don't want to get into a big old discussion here, but it was on like a group call. And I said, but you guys, they're going to rush shots out. Don't take them. Like whatever you do, please don't take them. If you think you're, you're going, you're going to want to just give, give me a chance to talk to you first. Just promise me you'll call me first before you do it. They all, they all took it. They not, I didn't get a single phone call, you know, so it, 
part of this is like, like, I, I can't even reach my own friends. Yeah. And you some people can't I mean? even reach it's their like, own family. I was the last yeah. holdout within my group of friends and family. And it literally came down to the 11th hour for me where I had to take it um, based on what I thought at the time, but it's exactly what you said. Nothing's going to come of this because they're very quickly pivoting to the point of no one forced you to get it. You willingly went in and you let them put it in your arm. You, you did that yourself. All the evidence at the time told us it was safe and effective, but you know, mistakes happen, but let's move on. That's the idea they're moving into now. And you're really starting to see this at the moment with AstraZeneca becoming the scapegoat, which I find really interesting because it's a non-mRNA variant. It's an RNA, not mRNA, which tells me that A, it probably didn't do the job that they wanted it to. It wasn't as hot as they thought it'd be. Right. And two, they were using this as a scapegoat so they could push more people into Moderna and Pfizer, which, as we know now, the flu vaccine, um, MMR, all the childhood schedule vaccines now are going to be pivoted into mRNA variant instead of DNA based. And and they're going to start using it for trying to cure cancer, they said. Yeah. And even injecting cattle with it, like Australia, a place that has no recorded foot and mouth disease, they want to start forcing farmers to vaccinate their cattle for foot and mouth with mRNA vaccines. Yeah, it's crazy. This is this is a it's a medical takeover. And and it's a perfect it, if you think about it, it it's a perfect cover story too because when if you if you were to put tanks on every corner and tr- soldiers out there, everyone would be like really freaked out. But if you do it this way, you know, like the Nazis say, it's for your safety. You know, it's for your safety. So they're going to, they're going to make this for your safety, create invent events that, that happen, create pandemics, whether they be real or imagined and, and, and use their partners in the media to drum up the, the hysteria, keep that thing in a, keep everybody in a pressure cooker for a couple of months. Like Yuri Bezmenov says, you can psychologically break a person in six weeks with just constantly bombarding them with negative information. And after that point, you can provide them with real and good and true information. And he said, it won't do anything. It, they'll never, they'll never go back to it. I think that's what we've got. We've got a, a component of the, the population that's already broken that, that as, as demoralized as Bezmanov referred to them and that those people aren't coming back. They'll be, they'll be, they'll do whatever they're told to do for as long as they're told to do it. They'll be scared when they're told to be scared. They'll be, they'll stand on the dot. They'll go that way down the grocery store aisle. They'll do whatever they're told to do. Those people they're not worried about. They're worried about the people that are paying attention. And that is, uh, that's us, you know, that's us. And, 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 and so I envision, unfortunately, the next go around, and we've already got Fauci saying out here in America saying next year, you know, you're going to get another pandemic soon, probably next year. And it's like, how many, how many times do you, how many times does the arsonist have to call the fire department to report a fire before you eventually take the guy down to the police station and start asking him some questions? You know, he's, this, the, he's so wrong. He's Why like, don't we get lottery numbers from him? He's so accurate. Right. <laughs> he's like he's he's going into a meditative state and he's going ah there's a great well tell me who's going to win the super bowl next year so i can make some money off of it but this is this is um 
this goes to show that it wasn't accidental. And and then there's a lot of other evidence too. That that this whole scenario that popped off in 2020 was um was scheduled and planned and and put in the the wheels were put in motion years earlier, um, six months earlier before it even started at a, event 201, they handed out plushy toys that were shaped like a coronavirus. You know, I mean, I guess just a really good guess on their part. So that and patents it, and it's frustrating. The patent numbers being around prior to the actual virus and vaccine and whatnot as well. But, you know, we're just conspiracy theorists, Charlie. I know, it's, I know. It's, it's absolutely but, 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 nuts that we're living through this. It's I can't believe that I'd never expected something like this in my lifetime as young as I am. We got it. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, if we, if we take all of, all of the negative side out of it, and there's plenty to take out, we certainly did get introduced to a whole new cast of insane characters. You're, you're, you're uh, Dan Abrams. Is that Dan know? Andrews? He, yeah. Dan, Dan Andrews. Sorry. Dan Andrews <laughs> was one of them uh, who I'm pretty sure was doing cocaine before a, uh, a speech. <laughs> I saw him, he had his back turned and then he like whipped around real quick and he was just all zooted out of his mind. We had uh, Yacinda Ardan. She's a peach. We had uh, Christia Freeland, all these world economic forum, young global leaders, of course, but we we got introduced to uh and also who's that other oh lady from and I use that term lady very loosely in Australia who looked kind of like a man and she was very wow. angry about the, the New South Wales Health Minister. I can't recall her name, but yes, yeah, she's rather mannish. She has a jaw you could break a coconut on. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. So we got It's like we got to see all the Batman villains in real life from Arkham. I was Asylum. gonna say I was gonna say the bar from Star Wars, but you know, <laughs> either either good. one. Yeah, yeah, we just it's just a bunch of mutants out there telling us that um we we got uh health ministers that were 400 pounds. We've got health ministers in the United States that are men dressed as women. I mean, it the the, the it's it would be hilarious if it wasn't so goddamn serious what we've been going through. And, but <laughs> so I try to find like, you know, the the writer in me is like, "Oh, this is gold." You know, well, this is gold. I got to write this all down. <laughs> but 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 the the human human being in me is like this is like the precursor to them slamming a digital prison door behind us, you know? And yeah. then what? And it's like even the silver lining around all of it is that a large number of the people who did feel coerced maybe went out and got one or two. Like I, I ended up having two. I'm never going back for any more. No, that's it. My feet are dug in. My line's in the sand now. And it's yeah. woken a lot of people up. And I think it's pushed the community that we're involved in up that next percentage level. Like we're starting to build a momentum. We know that massive change isn't going to happen, but there's enough to get the population talking I think that there's enough of the coerced air quotes that are relatively considered normies. And if they can have conversations with these brainwashed people, maybe there's a slim margin of error where we can get them to come around as well. I'm still surprised that you're seeing people with masks on going out to get their fifth or sixth shot. I just don't understand. I mean, it's, it's, it's So I, I, I try to figure out like how people respond to the information everyone's a little different to the information some people you can just sort of you can you can give them the nuts and bolts of it and it's fine 
I had, I, I feel like lately I've been having to put it in, in terms like this. Um, in the United States, the numbers that we saw were, was that the survivability rate for COVID was 99.98%. Okay. So what I've asked people is if you, or just remember when you were back in high school and, and you had a big, big math test. And if you, if you had a math test and you got a 99.98% on your math test, would you ask the teacher for extra credit? Probably not. Would you ask the teacher for extra credit if the extra credit could give you myocarditis and possibly kill you? <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's like the, the maximum upside, if everything goes well with the vaccine is 0.02% because you can't be any more than 100% and you're already damn near it. So, you know, I have friends that are smart people have gone to, you know, graduate school, business graduate school and, and, you know, work high level jobs that where they deal with finance and numbers all day long. And I just say to him, like, are you like, you're supposed to be good at statistical analysis. How can you have ever made this calculation voluntarily knowing what you know about, um, you know, the way the numbers play out. And the, the response is like, dude, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's that indoctrination like and, and broken it. factor. Yeah, it's the, there's the apathetic side where people just, you know, their their heads down. They just keep going through life. Then there's the people, like you said, are brainwashed, conditioned people. And yeah, it's absolutely insane that we're seeing these things, especially the evidence that's coming out now, and it's still not changing those really fixed mindset people. I'll throw some numbers at you. During 1939 and 1945, Australia lost a total of 34,000 servicemen during World War II. Over the course of World War. Okay. In 2022, Australia had 30,000 excess deaths in one year alone. This isn't oh. being discussed in the media, isn't being pushed in conversations with the average person. It's just flying under the radar. And this is our government's own statistics outside the normal death rate, COVID not included. So where are these deaths coming from? And I think yeah. there's a little document you know a lot about called SPARS, which kind of outlines the point where we're, kind of at in this uh this game that they're playing yeah yeah wow that's a that's a stunning number well we're we're starting to see this with life insurance companies that are coming back and reporting 40 you know i guess a year ago the first life insurance company came out a big one here in america i think it was like the sixth the largest multi-billion dollar life insurance company said we we are seeing excess deaths in 2021 this 2022 they're reporting on the deaths from a year earlier in 2021 they're saying in in 40% above normal now life insurance companies are super boring and they don't it's just math to them it's actuary tables and statistics and math and and we sell this many policies. We're going to have this many deaths. We're going to make this much revenue. We expect some people to die. We'll have to pay off for, for that. But 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 when all is said and done, we know just statistically what we're going to make, and we're going to make a lot of money. A ten percent change in that number represents a one in two hundred year event, and they had a forty percent increase. They're they're just going. This this can't be. 
That was the first company that reported it. The next company that reported it a couple months later said they are seeing a 100% increase in deaths. Again, boring companies that just print money because they can arbitrage that number and they just know that we're going to have this many deaths, but we're going to sell this many policies and it's way more money coming in than going out. And we're just going to be good. And they're looking at this going, it's not the, it's not COVID because in 2020, we didn't have this problem. And that yeah, was when everyone was supposedly dying. They said of the most deadly variant too, supposedly. Right. Yeah. They said from 2021, when they're looking back on their numbers for 2020, when this deadly pandemic was going through, they said, we didn't see an increase. But then the following year, once the shots rolled out, that's when we saw the increase. And now they're all starting to report that. And people are, you know, these guys, it's their job to know why that's happening. And when they can't figure out why it's happening, do you, I mean, at some point they're going to say, you know, someone in the boardroom is going to say, when are we going to quit dicking around and, and acknowledge what's actually doing this? Like our jobs and this company depend on it. <laughs> like, let's not, it's not global warming. It's not racism. It's killing all these people. Okay. It's just not. It's we, transphobia. What, it's definitely transphobia. What, it's transphobia. Yeah. It may, <laughs> maybe it's transphobia. <laughs> So, so, so now it's turning into, now we're getting to a point where people are, are sort of forced to acknowledge it. Businesses are forced to acknowledge it. You can, you can only be, you can only bury your head in the sand for so long before you have to say like, okay, uh, maybe it could have been a bunch of other things, but we're, we're certain that this is this is the, the the very what changed. Well, this new thing changed. Okay, well, let's look at the new thing. What is it? Is it safe? Well, it killed half the animals in the stage two trial. Is that good? Like, no. Is it what did it clear stage three trials? No, 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 not yet. So it's like, okay, well, it, it, you know, what are we what are we working with? Are we working with a a dangerous virus? Are we working with long COVID? Or are we working with vaccine injuries? And so here's the thing that where a lot of us in the alternative media had a head start on the rest of the general public is that we knew that the pharmaceutical industry was really shady years ago. Okay. I mean, I knew that the vaccines were dangerous in, in 2010, you know, and, and, and there's plenty of evidence for it. There's a vaccine court here in America where you have to jump through a bunch of hoops, but you can maybe, if you're lucky, get a payout. And those payouts have totaled $4.2 billion. But that, but that's not even an, an accurate reflection of how much damage has, be, has been done because they did a big study through Harvard in 2009. And they said, you know, of that, that vaccine court that pays out for all the damage that's done by these shots, pre-COVID, by the way, um, this is really... All those people only represent about one in a hundred that are actually damaged for a variety of reasons. 99% of the people either don't report it, don't know to report it, their doctor doesn't report it or whatever. It goes unreported. So in actuality, when you're looking at that $4.2 billion payout through the VAERS court, you should add two extra zeros on it. It should rightly be $420 billion. And on top of that, there hasn't been a single dollar paid out to anybody that's suffering from autism, 
because they refuse to make that connection between the vaccines and autism. Because if they do, they know they'd be out of business. I mean, it would just, the, the entire market would collapse right away. So that's a, that, that, that pie should be trillions of dollars in payouts, quite literally. If it, it's, 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 it should, should already be half a billion dollars or half a, uh, half a trillion dollars, 420 billion. But, but once you factor in what's happened with, with the autism epidemic, and it is tied to the vaccines, not, not every shot, every kid, every time, but every kid that's got autism was vaccinated. Yeah. That's just, I, that's just the common denominator. I've got the, the firsthand experience of, I'm a teacher in primary schools within Australia, like your elementary schools. Mm-hmm. And in the years that I've been teaching each year, the number of students who are diagnosed with autism just keeps climbing. And the quick scapegoat for that is, oh, they just didn't know how to diagnose it back then. They were just the quirky kids. No, these kids have severe problems because there's an issue and we know what that is. It's an elephant in the room now and people aren't yeah. willing to acknowledge it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of factors. It's not, like I said, it's not just the shots. There's environmental components. Mm-hmm. There's um, diet. And yeah, what's there's, food is shocking yeah. today. Yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot. Of, I mean, we're getting bombarded with it, but but it it's it's the this the numbers just came out in America here uh, two weeks ago that showed that the new numbers are now one in thirty six kids has autism, and that is a that's a genocide. I mean, it's it's a crime against humanity for, for that to and and of course they go, what could be causing it? I, we don't know. I don't know. It could, you know, it's, it's, it's climate change again, you know, so, so they're, they're dishonest about what it is, which means that they don't have any interest in fixing it because they, they won't even be honest about what's causing it, let alone stopping it. Because, because in, here in America in 1986, the pharmaceutical industry made the most important investment of their entire life, lifespan of their corporations. They bought themselves a bunch of politicians, best money they ever spent, and they made it illegal for you to sue the vaccine manufacturers for liability claims. They said, we, we can't continue to function as an industry. We are getting sued like crazy. We're paying out all over the place. They went to Congress and they said, you got to protect us. Like, you got you to gotta protect us. So they created this thing called uh, the VAERS court and the the vaccine adverse effects reporting system. And they said, what we'll do is this. We'll make it so that they can't sue you in court. We'll set up a different court. We'll call it the vaccine court sort of nickname, the VAERS court. And we'll staff it with a bunch of corrupt judges, ex-pharma reps, and you know people like high-ranking people. And, and, and then they can deal with that. And then we'll fund it not with the pharmaceutical companies paying anything because God knows they don't want to pay anything. What we'll do is we'll charge 75 cents on every vaccine sold to the customers. And then the for that 75 cents will be collected in a big pool here. And then we'll use that money to pay off anybody that has a legitimate damage claim. Of course, we'll make it almost impossible for them to, to, to claim anything. But if they do get through, we'll use this pool of money. So that 4.2 billion that I talked about, it, it wasn't even from the pharmaceutical industry. It was from the customers. So again, this is the rigging of the system. So as long as that's in place, and here in America, we in New Zealand are the only two countries in the world that allow the pharmaceutical industry to advertise on television. You should see the commercials here. 
you should you you watch a you watch a, a sporting event, you watch a basketball game, go to commercial. There'll be eight commercials. Three of them will be pharmaceutical commercials, guaranteed. Yeah, I've, I was in the states um, in my early twenties, and they're, they're hilarious. There'll be two people on horseback riding through the fields, having right. a good laugh, and then at the end it says glucidohydramol may cause bleeding of the rectum, eyes may fall out, taste, just ridiculous side effects that are worse than the the headache that yeah. it was supposed to fix. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 funny. It it's turned into kind of like a like a funny. It's like a skit you know, show. Fun, funny to watch. Very generic commercials. Couples out dancing. Their ballroom. Da- you know, they're oh, we're gonna do this. You know, <laughs> we're living our best lives because of Zimbabwe or something. You know, and it's such it's like all these letters put together that make up a word that's not even real. And we're watching it. And we're just going. Feel like I'm on drugs. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm out of my mind that we're living in a world where like the cure for this itchy eyes is like the 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 side effects are itchy eyes. You know what I mean? You're just like, I feel like I'm out of my you know, I'm, I'm tripping. And um so so but 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 that's the the, the pharmaceutical industry accounts for 40% of the ad revenue on the nightly news here. So, you know, again, if, if, if some intrepid young journalist was like, I'm going to do a great story on the pharmaceutical industry, I've sourced it, I've got all the information, I'm going to go, I'm going to put it on the nightly news. Good luck. Good luck. You'll be looking for a job the next day because your boss will fire you because the president of Pfizer will be in your boss's office the next morning, threatening to pull a billion dollars worth of advertising. And so it doesn't get talked about. And so people just think, Oh, well, since they're not talking about all the downsides to this, there must not be any downsides to this. Because clearly, if this was doing what those crazy tinfoil hat wearing nutters think, we would hear about it on TV. Like if it with vaccines were really causing autism, surely there would be a, a big in-depth news story tonight on the nightly news. And I would read, I would see all about it. You know, I'd, I'd see it. No. No, you're never going to get that because they 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 have such a stranglehold on the on the advertising. It, so it 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 creates a very unbalanced playing field where the consumer m- doesn't know what they're up against. And so we in the alternative media, we had years and years to to like get into this and and report on it and write about it. My first book came out in 2017. I just it just took the pharmaceutical industry out back and kicked the shit out of them in this book with just a ton of evidence of their criminality. They're all convicted felons. Every single pharmaceutical company, major pharmaceutical company operating in America are convicted felons. And same with the banks. They've all been convicted of I mean I'm not I'm not being hyperbolic Hyperbolic here. I'm I, I'm saying literally convicted felon. The, yeah, the because largest... they're faceless entities, they don't actively. No one goes to prison. It's a right. it's unnamed entity. Well, it's a named entity without a face. If it was the average right. person, yeah, you're going to jail. You defrauded someone. You yeah. do the time. Corporations, oh, we'll find them. Okay, that's like and a... who's paid? Who's paid the largest fine in the history of the planet Earth? Pfizer. $2.3 billion for lying and fraud and criminality in, in, in a launch of their products. And, 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 and it's just, and I just list off all of the fines in this book. It's, it goes on for like two pages, just all of these multi 
hundred million dollar, hundred eight hundred million, six hundred million, just fines after fines. Like, and what were they charged with? Tax evasion, yeah. RICO with fraud, uh, faking and, studies, and this brings us to manipulation. This brings us to an important point. This is the mental gymnastics which has changed over the last three to five years. That the left had their finger on the pulse of this corporation. Um, obstructing the law and the horrible things that the big pharmaceutical companies do. They absolutely hated mm-hmm. big pharma for the longest yeah. time. Overnight, they flipped a switch and they were, fuck you, do what they tell you. Yeah. Put a needle in your arm. These are the types of people that would go buy organic vegetables because they don't want GMO, but now they're GMO themselves. The irony, huh? Yeah, right? and what's funny is that a lot of the people on the conservative side here in America, the Republicans, the right-leaning conservative people, who used to be like, let's go to the Middle East and blow them brown people up. You know what I mean? Like, they were enthusiastic about that. Like, let's just act first and think later, you know? They were the ones that were a little bit more like, well, are we sure we want to do this? Are we sure we want to rush into it? So. The roles got reversed, it, it was, which was really weird and almost, I think, very disorienting for people. So a lot of people on the left that had been used to like, you know, the left being anti-war and anti-big corporation and like pro people, that they, they have gone out of their minds. The the yeah. left has gone so far left that it's unrecognizable. And I, you know, I always considered myself to be kind of a little bit more on the left, you know, a little bit more like, I really like kind of like do what you want to do. Like, as long as you're not hurting me or you're not hurting kids or you're, you know, you're not, you're not being a maniac, like you do your thing and I'll do my thing. And it's sort of like live and let live, but that's not allowed anymore. You know, you absolutely must comply or die and and they view you as a threat. And it's just like, I just look and I go. What happened to you guys? I mean, is it like that in Australia too? It is. The Overton windows moved so far to the left, like you said, that traditional conservatives are what the left was 10, 20 years ago. And the left is pretty much building gulags at the moment, that type of a deal. But there's so many people out there who now consider themselves politically homeless. They don't know where they fit in society politically anymore. Their ideology just doesn't exist. Like what we've seen in the last couple of weeks with the pro-women's voice movements, where we've had female speakers of the left-wing persuasion talking about women's rights, women's bathrooms, and they're getting attacked by the left for being transphobic. They are yeah. now politically homeless because they don't fit within their, their paradigm of what the left is anymore. I have called the, the loony left social piranhas. <laughs> they'll just eat anything in their way. And when there's nothing to eat, they'll eat each other. Well, we're seeing you that with the, never... the alphabet community at the moment, the LGB want to divorce from the rest of it. They should. They should. You know, and that's been, and I've been talking about this a lot lately. I grew up in an area in Southern California that had a huge gay population, like a third of the, of the city was gay. And it was a big tourist spot. And, um, and so I grew up, it was very normal, really. You know, I mean, I just kind of always saw, you know, I see two guys together and, wearing little, little short shorts and you kind of laugh for a little bit, but it wasn't a, a big deal. And, 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 and the gay community fought so hard and so long to be taken seriously and to be normal. And I think they did a really, really good job of it. I think that, that like, if you go back a couple of years before all the, the, the insanity took over, like nobody's 
bashing them. Nobody's giving them a hard time. Hell, they're freaking running Hollywood. You know what I mean? Like the credit to them, they've done a great job of being taken seriously and being normalized and not being persecuted. But then the, this, this new faction came around and they started making demands of people that were unrealistic, like allowing transvestites to, to read stories to five-year-old kids. And, 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 you know, and this whole thing is is starting to get into a really weird territory and it's got that whole ra- alphabet, right? Yeah. LGBTQ that whole uh, slippery slope analogy coming into effect. I had yeah, Jared from OB- that- OBDM on recently and I said oh, to yeah. him that he doesn't fit in with the paradigm anymore either because as a, as a white gay man, he's straight adjacent at the moment. Mm-hmm. Joe is, he's the, he's the, uh, Joe's the straightest gay guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I think the gay community is looking at them going. Yeah, you can tell there's there's a lot happening there that's going to come to head very quickly, I think. And I think the gay community is going to save the day. I think the gay community is going to sort this out. I really, I I think they will. I think it's, I think it's, I think for their own survival, they're going to need to, because there's a lot of very small minded people out there that can't tell the difference between who's just a, a a normal gay couple minding their own business and who's a trans activist. They're going to start lumping everybody up into the same group. And and I think bad things are going to happen when, when, when people do that. So the gay community, it's going to be kind of up to them, I think a little bit because they won't, they can't, you can't accuse them of being transphobic. They just go, no, talk to, you know, don't 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 try that bullshit with us. It's not going to work. That 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 tactic's not going to work. Um, and so, I hope they come in and clean this up because what we're seeing in America is just the wheels are falling off, and and it and it feels so fake and so made to happen with such a small segment of the population. I mean, I think it was like point zero two percent of yeah, the population. It's almost a statistical anomaly that it's even happening. For sure. It, 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 it's so small and so disproportionately represented in the media that I go immediately to David Icke when he goes, how can you tell when it's the agenda when it was nowhere? And then all of a sudden it's everywhere, you know, and you go, well, it's everywhere now. Yeah. Well, it's, the, it's been... the, the surveys of high school kids now, and they ask them, um, what percentage of the population do you think are gay, bi, trans, fall in within the rainbow? And they'll, they go, oh, 60, 70%. And that's in a space of what, 10 years, maybe, if that. So it's definitely agenda that's pushed. We're seeing it in social media. We're seeing it in streaming services. Every second character is a, a, a trans person or a non-binary person. It's absolutely yeah. everywhere. The, the market's saturated with it. Yeah, it makes me think that um, not just that they're sharing the name, but this this push towards transhumanism, this very... Transhumanism is eugenics rebranded. It's a depopulation cult. And so I, I see the transhuman push and the, the World Economic Forum says, well, we're, we're putting forth the fourth industrial revolution. You go, oh, that's cool. What does that mean? And they say, well, it's the blending of man and machine into transhumanism. And you go, what? And then you, you look back and you see that Julian Huxley coined the term transhumanism, and he was the president of the British Eugenics Society. It was just the new rebranding of what they were going to do, thinning out the herd. 
So you've got the World Economic Forum saying that their one policy is the fourth industrial revolution, which is transhumanism, which is eugenics, which is depopulation. And then you start to look at the trans agenda and you go, well, that's a long game, but that's one way to depopulate. There's a lot of dots being connected there. Even if you take into account how long a lot of places in the world were locked down for and the amount of people that actively transitioned while they're at home away from everyone, so no one would find out, that number spiked. The number of young oh, I men didn't even which think of became that. trans during the time exploded. Yeah, you go, you sort of win it. What an opportunity. I didn't even think about that. You, you have this opportunity to like go backstage for yeah, yeah, get you. six months a year and then <laughs> Change your character. come back out. And next thing you know, when you're working in the office again, you know, yeah, uh, you Steve. And you're, and you're not Charlie anymore, you're Steve. Charlene. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, that's, that's wow. You know, th- there's so much of this, you know, we, we talked about the life insurance companies being able to find a number and finding, find a percentage and, 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 and really kind of get down to the numbers of it and quantify this mess. But how much of this can never be quantified? How much, of, like, how, how do you measure mental health deterioration for people that got cooped up and scared? really scared told they were going to kill grandma told told that this virus was going to get it was like around the corner it was going to get them and freak their kids out and they're all wearing masks and they're wearing masks by themselves in their car and they're still scared to take like how do you measure the damage that was done by that you know you can't you can't put a number on it and so there's there's this whole other thing that's going to be coming up and we're going to be dealing with for a long, long time. And that's like just the ramifications of people breaking, mentally yeah. breaking. And, and we're starting to see it now, but we won't know its full effects for maybe 10 years, especially no. with kids. The amount of kids that have come in with delayed speech from because they were youngsters, they were babies with masks yeah, yeah. covered, they have no emotional capacity, they can't read facial cues. That's had a major impact on language alone. And then and the whole time on devices looking down, their speech is, is it's the cadence isn't right with a lot of speech and the words are quite off because they're tilting their neck down and they're constricting their voice. So even their postures change because they spent so much time on a computer in remote learning. Yeah. You know, it's, it reminds me of this, uh, you, you know, you, you know, Christopher Walken, the yeah. actor, you know, he's a weird guy and, and everything. And they asked him one time, like, how do you, um, when you're, when you're doing these characters, like your speech pattern is so unusual. What are you, what do you, how do you do, what do you do? He says, Oh, when, when I get a script, I take out all the punctuation. And I went, Oh yeah, that kind of explains it. So I wonder about these kids that are on, on their devices the whole time. And it's like, are they, you know, in a world with, without, punctuation like they don't understand where we're supposed to stop here we're supposed to pause here we're supposed to you know it it seems like it's a very unnatural way to learn how to speak especially in those developmental years and like you said they they put the mask on you can't see things people can't see you it's it's bad it's bad for your teeth on top of that i found out it was really bad for your teeth um so like there's got to be accountability. There just has to be, because it's like, we can't, you start back to where we started with, Oh, you know, mistakes were made. We're, we're going to live in the future. Now, when you really start talking about it and really start unpacking everything, you realize just how much it impacted everything. 
And it's like, no, 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 there will never be forgiveness. Not, no, no, no. What you did to the children alone is unforgivable. And then you take in the fact the elderly people that died by themselves and the people that were coerced into doing something against their will and what that did to them, you know, psychologically what that did, the fear you put people in. No, there's no forgiving. There's no forgiving. There's no working this out. There's no reconciliation. It is, you will be punished for what you have done to us. You did it intentionally. How dare you? Yeah, they need the town square treatment of the Middle Ages as far as I'm concerned. For but sure. It's not even sure. the, the the social and the 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 health impacts of it all. The economies are, are going to nosedive now because I think COVID happened at the right time where we saw there was globally the, the hint at a potential collapse coming. And when you flood mm-hmm. the market with money at the right time, it looks great at the moment, at the time that yeah. you're getting the money, but eventually that has to be paid back. And the amounts of debt that countries and states worldwide have accumulated that they're unable to meet is staggering. And what do most countries do when they're facing a banking crisis? They go to war. And that levels things out. That unfortunately is where I see things. I don't want that to happen. I hope I'm wrong about it. But but again, you you, you just you, you get better at recognizing patterns and you start to see these patterns forming when you look back on history and how these these wars actually start not the way that we're told in history books but how they actually wind up starting and a lot of times it's they're just about to go into a real screwed up financial time and it's like let's get a big distraction a big inflow of money will if we win you know we're going to rewrite the laws anyway we're going to use all their resources we're going to steal all their shit you know we're we're not even gonna have to worry about it everything there'll be so many bigger problems to worry about our our economy will just we'll just fix it you know we'll just make it better you're the biden administration you've got no no appetite for peace with ukraine because you're making it happen while simultaneously talking shit to china you know i mean in in getting involved in the taiwan thing and it's like you you get the feeling that oh blowing up the Nord Stream pipeline which was a declaration of war not just against not just by the united (laughs) united states against russia but the united states against germany a fellow NATO com- country that should rightly have to fight America in war. That's part of the treaty, right? You, you sign on NATO. If a NATO country gets attacked, everybody gangs up on them. Well, in this case, it was America. They blew up the fucking pipeline. Yeah, it goes 7. right into Germany. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, so like, if I didn't know any better, I think we were trying to start World War Three. Yeah, and, and, like and of said, course, it, when you look at the economy and you see how jacked up it is and you know what's coming and then, you know, oh, I usually start wars and then you look at their behavior, you go, oh, it's coming. It's if it's we're going to live through a world war. It's like the, it's like looking at the past and recognizing the pattern. Like you said, what happened in the start of before World War One? There was a Spanish flu outbreak. There was yeah. a all-time global collapse economically, the Great Depression. All those things happened before the First World War. And we're kind of seeing elements of that reoccurring now. It's not exactly the same. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And we're seeing that right now. 
it it, it certainly does rhyme and and what and and let's let's be honest about germany too what did what happened in germany in the in the run up in the 30s they were they were coming out of a, a just they just got wiped out with that treaty of versailles got put in some really horrible economic conditions and then they started to socially deteriorate and and there started to be sort of like this like same situation we're yeah, going through right the now. The Weimar yeah. Germany type of thing where yeah, gender yeah. became and, very and, fluid and sexuality was experimented with. And it yes, certainly was. It was very, on a global it was a very, scale now. A very weird time. And so when you have, have that, sometimes the answer to that is that a lot of the people rally behind somebody that comes in and says, I'm going to stomp all of this out. I'm going to get rid of all of it. And you wind up with Adolf Hitler yeah. or Donald Trump. This is you the know dang- what I mean? This is the danger, and the danger is that it, it's going to be weaponized because the pendulum has swung so far to the left, it's going to come swinging back really fast. Okay. And, That's what I'm thinking, and too. And the socialists left that have been pointing fingers at people, you're a transphobe, you're a bigot, um, trans lives, are d- people are dying every day. Well, they're creating that reality yes. just by how fast and how quickly they've pushed it on everyone else. It's not they're like creating that, that reality... And creating a ton of resentment in the yes, process. There's a lot like, of people that are just, they're just done with them. It's, not, just, like, it's just, not like, it's not like the average gay couple down the road, like a Jim and a, a Jen, a Jim and Joe, who sit down at the end right. of the road and they're just happy couple living their lives. No, these Nobody, people get in your face and you have to love them or you're a bigot. That resentment right. builds yeah. up. Yeah, it certainly does. And so, so if we look back on these patterns, you know, I mean, Berwick and I wrote uh, Controlled Demolition. You know, we were talking about how like these empires follow very predictable patterns. There's like an eight-step process for an empire as it goes through its life cycle. And it is undeniable that we are on the eighth and final one. Every single metric lines up perfectly with where America is as an empire. So it's like when you're early, you sound crazy. So when you when you're talking about this stuff before it happens, people go, you know, what do you, you know, I'm even though we source the hell out of the book, and I mean it, it's like, and, and it, we stand behind it fully. You you when you're early, people think you're crazy. Then after it happens, they go, oh, of course that was going to happen. I mean, if, I mean, thirty one trillion dollars of debt. Social Security at $74 trillion of, of debt for Social Security. Hey, the Social Security system collapsed and nobody got paid. Well, of course that was going to happen. It's so obvious. What? They had $74 trillion worth of debt. What did you think was going to happen? But you say that now and people go, oh, get out of here. Social Security is fine. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's <laughs> not fine. There's nothing fine about it at all. It, it There's no more money. There's not going to be more money for it. So it's like... So again, I, I'm just looking at the patterns and the evidence and saying, based on what I see and based on what has happened in the past, when things like this happen, like you said, it's not, it's, it's, it's not exactly the same, but there's enough similarities. You just go based on that. It equals this. And what this is, is bad. It's, it's, it's a world war. It's an economic collapse getting papered over by a world war. And it's, it's a lot of people in a lot of pain. And I, and I don't wish that and I don't want that, but that's. There's a third area of resentment. I think that we need to acknowledge as well, that like you said, when you say it's going to happen, you're the conspiracy theorist. People don't listen to you when it does happen. People say, of course it was going to happen. 
Then there's the third step where they turn around and look at you and say, why didn't you warn us? Why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you try harder? You knew this was going to happen. You did nothing. You're complicit. (laughs) Now you have to suffer. This is where I think the coerced people who have opened their eyes to a lot of what's happened and they knew in deep down what was going on, we're really going to have to come into bat for a lot of the truth of community because I feel it's going to be weaponized to the point where the fingers pointed at everyone else who had nothing to do with it. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm fortunate in in the sense that I've got three books and 325 episodes of a podcast I can point back to and say, but that, that's not enough for don't, them, Charlie. Don't say I wasn't telling you. I was she, telling you the whole done time. At least six more episodes and another chapter in your book because that's not right. Good you know, it's a, <laughs> so I was like, hey, listen, man, there's only so much I can do. But but I, you know, look, I, people either are going to figure this out or they're not. But I think. After major events, JFK, 9-11, COVID, you shake enough people awake that it's like a whole new generation of people that are now paying attention. And they're going, if this was a lie, what else was a lie? And it's like, if they're COVID people, they're like, if this, if the, if the mRNA vaccine is dangerous, what about the MMR vaccine? Is it dangerous too? And you're like, right this way you know and so like it opens them up to like a new line of expanding this question that they have if they're if they have doubts about the current thing it's like okay you you're right to have doubts but there's more and look at let's look at the medical industry just in general In, in america it's the number three leading cause of death behind heart disease and cancer you know it it kills more people every year than World War II. So like it, it's not working. And if you, and we we're in a, a situation where the media is so powerful here. I mean, they're so full of lies, but, but surprisingly still very powerful. If you come out on the national media and say anything like that, they will destroy you. Robert, I don't know if you noticed, I saw this, but uh, yesterday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announced that he is going to be running for president in the United States. For the Democrats, as, right? As a Democrat, yeah. Interesting. And they immediately just started attacking him. Anti-vaxxer, conspiracy theorist, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it just, it's right away. And it was like, that's what you get. See, that's what that's the treatment you get. I personally would take it as a badge of honor, but but a lot of people would see that as, oh, that's bad for my my brand, you know, to have that, you know, political suicide. You don't talk about it. Career suicide, yeah. For 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 if you're in the entertainment industry, career suicide, yeah, for sure. It's and did you notice how very quickly he came out and said he was actually pro-vaccine? He had to have have that rebuttal to all the attacks he was getting. And a video, yeah. he's like, oh, no, I've always been supportive of vaccines and their, and their benefits to, to human health. That is actually, you know how they always accuse the right of dog whistle? That yeah, actually that, is the dog whistle. Is. That is, I'm lying. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying what I need to say to get them off my back. Yeah. But he's, he's not pro-vaccine. No, definitely not, not at all. Not, not, at, not all. at all. Not after what we saw in the last couple of years and the, the no. appearances he's No, had. no, no. He knows exactly who he's dealing with. So, so what- I, Listen- I'm not a voter, but if I, if, 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 if he became the candidate, I would, I think I might actually vote for him, even though I'm not a voter. 
only because I would watch him either become the third Kennedy to get <laughs> shot or destroy the pharmaceutical industry. And that would be glorious yeah, to see after all their criminality and all the murders and all the pain and suffering that they've done over the years that to watch somebody put them out of business would be fantastic. And I hate government overreach because I speak at anarchist conventions and I hate the government using its heavy hand at, at all, but ooh, I might make a special ex- exception for, to watch president Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Put the pharmaceutical industry CEOs in prison. Take them to I task. Would, I mean, yeah, it'd be great. To see it, it, I mean, it's like a politics porn, right? But <laughs> you know, isn't it, it's not going to happen. Well, but, what's the saying? You know. Politics is the uh, professional sports for smart people. Yeah, it, yeah, it's Hollywood it's for ugly show. people. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's put this into a little bit of a situation. Let's just say it's Kennedy versus DeSantis. How do you think that would swing in the states? What way would it? Go? Oh wow, that's an interesting one. I haven't thought about that. Um, I think Kennedy would win that one. Well, first of all, I think the Democrats just are better at stealing elections. Let's be honest. Um, they're so I don't know that it's even necessarily going to matter. I don't. I just can't even imagine a scenario where they allow him to be the guy. But Kennedy, that's what we, we kind of thought that about um, Trump as well. At one point, didn't we? Yeah. Not that, we I, did. not that I think there's any political answer anymore, no. any political solutions, but. It's a hell of a circus to watch, isn't it? It, it, Hell of a show. George Carlin says, when you're born in this world, you get a ticket to the circus. When you're born in America, you get a front row seat. (laughs) Very astute. (laughs) That's what we got. Oh, my God. All right, Charlie. So where can people find your fantastic work and all the things that you do? Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, Macroaggressions goes out as an audio podcast twice a week, once as a monologue, once as an interview. Um, You can find me in video format over at Rockfin. You can follow me on Twitter at Macroaggression. Website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. That's the name of my first book. And the books are all on Amazon. And I've got a new radio show that just started. last Saturday on TNT radio based in Brisbane. They go out internationally everywhere as internet radio. So it's going to be uh Saturday night, midnight Brisbane time. And uh, which makes it Saturday morning, my time, but uh, TNT radio dot live is the website. And there's some really cool uh, hosts on there too. So I met them. I met a bunch of the hosts earlier when I was, guests on their show and and really kind of like the platform and then a spot opened up and they they asked if i would like to have a, a radio show and i said let's do it so it so i get to do a little a little midnight australia coast to coast radio which is fun for me so i opened up a uh time traveler hotline <laughs> in the first episode encouraging people from other dimensions to call in so we'll see what happens Fantastic. The more we get of you, Charlie, the better it is for society. Absolutely love your books. <laughs> um, and you have clearly a very good taste in podcasts, considering that you're such a big fan of OBDM. Like, best podcast in the world, right? The best. The best. <laughs> I, I always tell people, I have three podcasts that I do, and my favorite podcast is OBDM. It's not even close. I, I watch it live. I, I, I don't even want to miss it live. So it's like... 
Yeah, I and and I do a show with Midnight Mike, uh, the Union of the Unwanted. He's one of the co-hosts, and of course, Joe. I've I've been on. I've been lucky enough to be on the show, but I I started off as a fan of the show before I ever met Mike. Before we wound up doing um, anything together, I just like it. It's just it's just wacky. And you know, I I didn't know that you had Joe on. I think that that's cool because I he's one of my favorite people. Like I've. When he goes on his rants, I just a hundred percent connect with his frustration. And just every single time I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. So <laughs> exactly right. I think everyone everyone just puts themselves in Joe's shoes a lot of the time. Well, yeah, thanks for yeah. coming on, mate. This is an absolute joy. It's something always astounds me that when you start a podcast, you get to meet the people you listen to and make these fantastic connections. Uh welcome back anytime, of course. And if there's anything you want to um shout out that you're working on at the moment please go ahead uh no just just the, the new radio the, show just the yeah the new radio show tnt radio dot live midnight uh brisbane time 10 a.m eastern uh in america and i think three o'clock in the afternoon in the uk so so check it out and just check out all the the shows on there too. There's some interesting, uh, pe- there's some people I've been following for years and years and years that have radio shows on there too. So I'm just kind of happy to be on the team. Fantastic. All right. Everybody. And thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. No problem at all. All right, everyone. You have a fantastic day. See ya. <laughs>